Welcome to Changes in Latitudes, a Transgender Experience. A 40-something trans woman shares her observations, life stories, and the adventures of her journey through transition and beyond. And now, here she is, your host, Sabrina Miller. Yay, hello, hello, welcome aboard, welcome, welcome, welcome aboard, episode 40, the big 4-0, let's listen to that band. Cha-cha. Welcome, thank you, thank you. You guys were awesome. They get better every week. Whew, that was Addison and the Minnesota Fats Combo. Yeah, well, hey, with the title of the episode, <laughs> I couldn't resist. Anyhow, welcome, welcome, new listeners. Usually I get some new listeners when uh, a conversation episode drops, so welcome aboard. This crazy... Uh, stream of consciousness, sleigh ride journey we call a podcast episode that I like to call a show that is transgen <laughs> that is changes in latitudes, a transgender experience. I am Sabrina Miller, the hostess with the mostest. I do it all. This is me. <laughs> if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Thanks for returning. You know I love you guys. You guys are awesome. Okay, well, I hope that you... Uh, enjoyed the bonus episode that came out uh, earlier this week and it was just something a labor of love you might say it was something that's been stirring in me for a long time before even this show became what this show is and i said and i don't know i noticed it on my calendar that the anniversary of his death came up and i said you know let's do a george carlin tribute and that's the results of the show you heard or <laughs> maybe not heard but that's what's the results of episode 39 and a half and in editing uh, the previous episode, actually 39, I realized, and that was the episode I talked about pride and different types of it, I, I talked about uh, selling water on the parade route. Uh, later, uh, like after I shut off the microphone, I did one of those facepalm things and went, oh no, it was a wagon. It was a wagon that was filled with ice and had water bottles in it, is what it was, so... Not that that really matters at all. I just wanted to share it with you, the longtime listeners from last episode, well, a couple episodes, 39. And so that, that was that. And if you are listening and you happen to remember, because this was like 2000. So if you were around San Diego Pride around 2000, that was me, if you remember. <laughs> Uh, also, during the editing of the George Carlin episode, I really kind of threw that together pretty quick, and I realized I uh, neglected to mention that according to iTunes, I have 2.1 days worth of George Carlin material, tracks to listen to, uh, different albums, different audiobooks, uh, tributes to him, things like that. So I do enjoy a good George Carlin. <laughs> 
Uh, also, I, I, I wanted to clear something up that I really just muddled over, and that was the little cheer that was in the middle of the every well, not in the middle, but that was in the midst of everything, and it starts off with rat shit, bat shit. And I'll let you figure it out from there. <laughs> um, I said it was from the video doing it again. And I was not incorrect. But the video of doing it again had a lot of clips from previous uh, HBO specials. And it actually originated in Carlin on campus. So that's a little bit of information I neglected to share. And once again, I do hope you enjoyed that little diverse journey of, of this show. It was just uh, something creative for me to get out of the way and share with you. Those episodes and all past episodes can be found at Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com. We're also over on iTunes and Stitcher, of course. And oh, at the Blogspot website, we have an Amazon affiliate link. We've got a PayPal donate button. Uh, we're on Facebook, of course, facebook.com slash Changes in Latitudes podcast. If you want to send me an email, Changes in Latitudes podcast at gmail.com. And you can follow me on Twitter at Sabrina Miller 41. topic which is the conversation with addison this was recorded in early may and due to my production schedule and just the editing process of things it's being published now at the end of june so yeah apologies for being a little bit tardy but that's just the way things roll around here uh addison is just a wonderful wonderful person and right up front i'm going to say addison thank you so much for taking the time to record with me but also taking the time to share your story i i love it when people like yourself share their story and when i when i mean by that like herself is she's just starting out she is just starting her journey and like like many trans women uh and a few trans men from from the few that i've spoken to it seems that we all kind of get a, a stumbling start to our transition. At some point we say, oh, I'm going to do this. And then we back off and we say it again, oh, I'm going to do this. And then finally it comes around to actually doing it. Well, she's had a couple of those. And she also has one of those, it, well, it's a unique story, but it seems to be that there's a lot of people that share this unique story. And what it is, is... She first came out as gay. Well, I should say he came out as gay. And then later in life, on your own journey that everybody takes, she discovered that she was transgender and is a trans woman. So that's the uniqueness but commonality of her story. And it's, like I said, she's had a couple, you know, I don't want to say false starts, but a couple stumble starts in the last four years, but she really has gotten her checklist together, as I've mentioned in previous episodes. She's working towards that balance in life, as I've, <laughs> I think I've said that almost every episode, <laughs> but she was such a delight to speak with. So I'm going to catch you at the end of this conversation. It is part one. Next week will be part two, but I'll catch you up at the end. Oh, and just like always, when we Whenever we have a conversation episode like this, I'm not going to answer the 30-day challenge, or 30-question challenge, rather. I'm not going to throw in a little secondary topic. My bonus episode before kind of took care of that. 
<laughs> and we're going to jump over listener feedback as well. But we'll catch up with listener feedback later. So enough of this. I will catch you at the end of the first part of my conversation with the lovely, the wonderful Addison. For me, it's kind of a rainy afternoon, mid-morning type of day, and so it's awesome for me to sit here in my little faux studio, <laughs> the corner of the garage, as I've said <laughs> so many times in the past on certain episodes, and to sit here on Skype with uh, a pretty long-time listener, I think came in about halfway through where we are now, which would be around the teens, somewhere in the mid-teens, maybe even early 20s, started listening to the show. And it's so wonderful to have her. Please welcome Addison. Thank you for having me, Sabrina. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. My pleasure. And just so our listeners know, she and I, Addison and I have been you know, messaging back and forth through Facebook and, and uh, uh, Skype and all that other wonderful stuff, how you communicate, setting up this interview. And she has got such a... Wow, intense checklist. I'm going to summarize it that way, okay? And her story is, well, it's heartwarming, it's touching, but more importantly, it's inspirational because I think once you share what you shared so far with, with me, when we share it with the listeners, I think people are going to realize, a, well, a lot of things about the journey of being transgender. One, which most people realize it's not easy, but more importantly, it still can be done. That's that's right. Yeah. Okay. So now that we set that up, let's just uh, share your story with you know when you started to feel different or unique or whatever it was within you before you put the label, put the term, put the definition of transgender on it. So when did you start to feel that different thing that we seem to feel? Uh, probably when I was about nine or ten or eleven. Um, I didn't know what those feelings were exactly because I was not able to comprehend it but I felt quite different like a lot of transgender people do uh, you know I, I noticed that I was interested in girls uh, play or hanging around um, girls more often um, I had a lot of you know, friends that were boys too, but, um, I just felt, uh, different on this. I just noticed that interacting was, with these two different groups, we'll say was, was, yeah, was noticeably different from within yourself. Yeah. I mean, I played sports, you know, as well, but I enjoyed that very much, but I always had a great time being around my girlfriends um, doing those things like I was in, interested in um, ballet. Um, I didn't do it very long as a young kid, like much younger than 10 or 11. But I was always interested in girl things, I suppose. I and mean, since everybody has a huge different, huge difference of definitions of quote unquote girl things, because <laughs> we all do, but everybody's different. What were those specifically for you? Um. Uh, I don't know. Um, 
Well, liking ballet. What about specific, we'll just say gendered toys? Was there any more leeway uh, to, either way? To, uh, well, I used to play with the dollhouses with uh, some friends when I was five, well, five or six, and um, always would cuddle with my you know, stuffed animals, uh, and, a—I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird, but, um, the whole transgender journey is kind of weird. Don't worry it, about it that. It is kind of weird. I, <laughs> I, I don't know how to classify things that I did as a child. Well, don't worry about classifying it. It's just a matter of conveying the thought to, to yeah. the unknown. You know, <laughs> other transgender people are going to get it. We know that. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. know that. No, I'm I'm trying to help the listener that doesn't know, that wants to know, because I got some listeners like that out there. I know that uh, mostly are transgender and most are transgender women. But I want to uh, make sure that we don't leave out the ones that are here to learn more. So, right, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we all, and I, when I say we all, I mean transgender people, and I can really only speak specifically trans women because that's what I am. I think well, we well, all, maybe maybe a oh, step. Or maybe something I could explain is maybe when I was young, I always was fascinated about older women's wearing women's clothes. Like how, you know, it looked beautiful with the necklaces, uh, the dresses, uh, the makeup. Um, I always was fascinated by it because I, I felt like, man, that that feels like me. But I don't I don't know, like, how I could uh, put that in perspective perspective because i wasn't i didn't know what transgender was i didn't know like if that was normal um like right right i I continued wearing boys clothes but i was always into what women were wearing and i thought that was attractive or um i had a keen sense of uh uh decorating um my mom sometimes would ask me for advice, um, you know, and I always took that as, yeah, that's something that I could do. And so, um, okay. decorating, decorating rooms or flat, you know, flower arrangements. And she would say, well, does this look nice? And I said, sure. Or right, not, right. or not a good advice or, yeah. Right, right. Well, and now, would you, because uh, I don't consider that specifically gender-related. I oh, mean, no, a, a not, guy but... or a girl could do, could do anything like that, and, so, and, oh, sure. and it's been proven that they can. Um, but in being able to connect with that uh, decor sense or sense of decor and connecting of the eye lines and the colors and all the stuff that goes into that... How did, did that give you a clue that you felt a little more feminine? Or see, see, when I had ideas like that or thoughts like that, I thought, "Am I gay? Maybe I'm gay, but I yeah, am not attracted I to men." Contemplated that as well. Okay, so yeah, okay, you get that thought. It's like, wait, most of the people that can do this are either gay men or women, and it's obvious I'm not a woman, but I don't feel like a gay man. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Weird mind fuck. Oh, I hated it. I hated well, one, it. One thing I might describe that, that happened later in life was that, you know, I, I came out as gay uh, during college. Uh, but years after that, I learned about transgender and I began to question or not question, but just learn about it. And Right. That was actually going to be the next question is when did you – Learn about the term transgender 
And then kind of the second part is when did you associate that with you? Because I learned yeah. about the word, but I didn't really put myself in that category for another four, five, six years even. Yeah, I'm, I'm 35 now, and I came out when I was 21. But I didn't learn or I didn't know anything about transgender until I was maybe 25, 26. And when you were 21 and you said you came out, that that was as gay? Yeah, okay. yeah. And But I've also learned recently that I was confusing attraction as well. Like I thought I was attracted to gay men because obviously not transitioned yet. And But I'm actually attracted to straight men, so I – I didn't know any any difference because I didn't know what transgender was. Right. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Of course. So instead of seeing yourself as a gay male, you see yourself as a straight woman. Yeah. Right, I get right. it. So many trans women are, are like that. I've crossed so many paths and read so many different stories of people like that. So that's, to me, that's now normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, okay, so... So you were in your 20s when you were 21 when you came out as gay, and you said, what, about five, six years later, 26, 27, when you uh, felt that transgender was more your uh, yeah. identity? And also kind of like bi-gender as well. Okay, so you're, you're, st you're more comfortable uh, floating between the two uh, male and female binary uh, 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 gender expressions? Well, I, I, I feel like I'm transgender for pretty much most of the part i just feel comfortable with expression in both ways as well but i it's it's a little confusing to myself because i'm still learning about it oh you're going to oh and and <laughs> and to fill the listeners in addison is very very early in her journey very we'll get to yeah. that later so don't give away anything yet addison <laughs> we're going to get to that <laughs> but to fill the listeners in now Basically, just taking those first few steps, and we'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about more of that later. But uh, so, yeah. So when you say that you, uh, I don't want to say switch between the two, but you're comfortable between the two, uh, you know, masculine, feminine uh, identifications. Now, do you see that the the masculine part, or half, or quarter, or however you see it, do you see that being more of say a, a tomboy? Which is just more of a you know a masculine girl? Uh, not not really, honestly. Do you see it more as a guy? Um, well, I see myself as a female. Like I, I just haven't um, you know, progressed there yet because I haven't transitioned yet. Right, right, yeah. That's yeah. it's still beginning, and you're still so discovering and know that you in your self-discovery things will change you'll say one thing now and a year later you'll realize wait <laughs> no or i'm right. gonna change that yeah that, i think that's just part of the journey i think that's what for me is part of the adventure of it because you know you have to have thoughts and things and ideas now but as time goes on being able to allow those ideas to change and grow or, or disappear or open up mm -hmm. new avenues is the more exciting thing to me. Yeah, it is. Um, it's very scary, but it's knowing that who you're, you're being honest to yourself and you're being your true self. Getting to that point will probably be so relieving. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know how many of the uh, – uh, 
long time transitioned trans people you've had the uh, fortune to come in contact with? Uh, it's like through LGBT centers and functions and things like that, or Pride or something. I don't, I don't know about mm-hmm. that. But the ones that have had, we'll just say a little time under their belt, okay? That have, they've been out, they've been transitioned. They're, you know, they're almost fully done with any uh, surgeries or any other medical part of transitioning. You know, they're 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 pretty pretty well into it. We'll say most of them look back and say the same things that you just said. It's hard. It's difficult. I have heard so many times that transition is one of the hardest things you'll ever do in your life. And now that I'm starting it myself, oh, yeah. But I see the end results in these people I just mentioned. And they're happy. They're content. They they know that it was well worth it. And so that keeps me going. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I've been learning through. I've, I have a few other people that I know who have transitioned but that was up in minnesota i'm currently in arizona right now but i will probably be going back up to minnesota uh don't know exact when but when i do arrive back up there to uh work on some family uh issues that we've had a hard time as a family with this but we're going to try to work it out but good good to to start the hormones and for the last year and a half before I moved to Arizona, I was working with a gender therapist, uh, to help with transition. And, uh, I've been fully approved to do the hormones by the psychiatrist and the therapist, but I left, uh, because, you know, we had some family, uh, disagreements or troubles or, but I will be heading back up there. I just don't know when yet to to continue on with the therapy and then start the hormones. Good, good, yeah, good, yeah. very good. That's well, as as you and I've mentioned uh, outside of this recording, uh, it, you got to have that checklist and you have to be flexible with it and mm-hmm. realize that you may have to do three, four, five things on the checklist before you get to the thing you really want which you just mentioned hormones, so, you know, use that as an example. Yeah. Uh, so moving, there's one thing, you know, getting reestablished, there's another. Getting back with the uh, therapist, there's another. Getting things smoothed or towards that with the family, you know, there's mm-hmm. another one. And then finally, HRT. So, yeah, you got to have your uh, checklist. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's important to stay focused. Uh you know, regardless of what you run into, uh, you know, whether it's peers or friends who are not supportive or if you're running into family that is, they are supportive in their way, but they're having trouble transitioning as just as much as you are or I am. Right. Yeah. I've mentioned before on the show that the people around us, the ones closest to us, they have a transition to go through themselves and they have in that sense the short end of the stick because our transition is very outwardly it's mm-hmm. you take a picture every day and when you flip through them at the end of a year you see the differences mm-hmm. uh with them you take a picture every day and at the end of the year they look the same they look a year older yeah so so it's all internal and that's tough that's and, tough yeah, one, one thing i've learned is 
early on with my therapist uh, is that I don't know if this is something that all trans people go through or just some, but when I first told my family and I was very outwardly with my clothing and um, very direct, I suppose. Uh, but sometimes you run into uh, disagreements about that, about what you wear and how it affects them. And I've learned that as much as you want to be moving towards yourself, you need to be aware of others uh, and what what they, they they want to help you, but they you need to be aware of what how it affects them, I guess. Um, absolutely, absolutely. You, yeah. you, you, action versus reaction. You know, mm-hmm. if you're and back with clothing, you got to be age appropriate. You have to be appropriate to the situation, which is mm-hmm. appropriate to the environment, which is appropriate to family. If you happen to be living under their home, <laughs> yeah. Know? So, so that's where that all falls together for sure. But uh, as as far as uh, clothing goes, yeah. Um, I, I think I think we. Uh, as, as as trans women, we have that experience of or lack of experience of a, of a girlhood, and so in the beginning of our transition, I think we all go through a period of trying every sort of piece of clothing out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Does this work? Does that work? Oh, this feels comfortable. Oh, this doesn't. Oh, I don't like this uh, way it pinches. Oh, I don't like the way it whatever <laughs> and, yeah, and, at first i was very defiant and like what i'm gonna wear what i feel is comfortable i want to wear for myself because it makes me feel good and not care about what other people think but you know i think there has to be a balance you know oh I, that's my favorite word i keep talking about <laughs> balance on this show <laughs> yeah yeah you need it and you yeah absolutely need it because if without it you're going to go insane Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to have what you want, you're not going to get what you need, and other people are going to be dissatisfied or overly satisfied because you did something to please them, so you're unhappy. No, you got to find balance. Got to find balance. Okay, so let's let's kind of jump back on this timeline that we started earlier. Sure. Uh, so you were so you came out as gay as 21. You found transgender in what, what, did, you, what did you say 26? 20. Well, yeah, 26, 27. Okay, so I, 26, I started to learn about it. Yeah. Okay, and so when did you come out as transgender? Uh, I believe it was when I was 31. I I told my dad at uh, a lacrosse game at St. Lawrence where I went to college. It was a cold damp day. And, uh, I just said, you know, something's really bothering me. I really need to speak out to somebody. So I, I, I took my dad aside and I was like, I really, I think I really feel this and this is who I am. And I think at first he didn't know what to say, but I think he was understanding about it. And I just didn't know exactly what I said. Maybe just made things more complicated or well, it could have also been the words you chose. Cause I know yeah. I had a hard time finding words to express, uh, coming out. I know I, I if I could do it again, <laughs> uh, the first time I, I would, I would have some better words chosen to, to relay that to the ones closest to me. Yeah. But, uh, you know, what do they say? Hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, did, before you came out as transgender, did you, and even still, do you have or had a good relationship with your father or parents or family? 
I mean, yeah, my father and I have been over the years generally more talkative towards each other, telling him how I'm doing on a more regular basis than I do with my mother. You know, my mother uh, is just more of a quiet person, a little bit reserved, but she's supportive in what I do in life. That's um, good. You know, it's just, I think, I think lately the last year or so, I, I took her more reserved personality as she's not supportive, but I believe that she is, you know, I'm, I'm learning things now because after we had our disagreement a few months ago, you know, I'm doing a lot of reflecting and, and, you know, my parents are really good people. And my sister, who lives in Minnesota as well, she's very supportive. You know, my, my family has a, an idea of what's good for me and what's best for me because only because they're looking out for me. And sometimes that kind of gets in the way sometimes because sometimes what I think is best for myself is not always what they think. But sometimes There's I have trouble. There's human nature right there. Yeah, I have trouble. I have trouble. Uh, expressing how I feel sometimes because I, I also have autism and Asperger's. Um, oh, those are challenges. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know how to deal with some things, how people say certain things and how I take it. So until you digest it. Yeah. And it takes yeah. me a while to digest things. I understand. I, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it's a, uh, I don't, or at least I haven't been, you know, diagnosed with anything like that. But even I have to go back and reflect and digest things. Yeah, I think that's just part of human nature. That's part of it. I think yeah. that's why a lot of people come back, you know, after time, however long that time is, and say, hey, you know what? Remember when? I'm sorry. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Fill in those blanks. I think we all have that because of that hindsight and that thought process, the digestion of it all. I think some people digest things quicker or slower than others, and that's just what makes us us. Yeah, what what happens to my to me when when something happens, I kind of say stuff that is on my mind kind of right away and either understand it or get upset about it and then it takes me probably a few weeks to realize what I did say and or reflect on what was said and then sometimes it's not exactly how I actually feel. Sometimes I shouldn't have said what I did say, you know. Yeah. And it takes me quite a quite a bit of a time to realize that. So, but at least you realize it. That's good. That's good positive thought process. Then you're not shutting it off. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Okay. So now you're in your early 30s. You've come out as transgender, mm -hmm. and that's only in the last four years. Mm -hmm. So, what has happened in that that time? Catch us up from then till now. From I'm 35 now, so about age 31 to 32, I was just learning about transgender and telling people about it and being open about it and being, a, you know, this is who I am. And and about two years ago, um, I really began to get really serious about you know this about this, and so and we. My family and I, we moved to Minnesota to be near my sister, and that's when I sought out 
uh, a gender therapist at the University of Minnesota. And uh, she, she's amazing. Uh, so I started to, you know, dress uh, women's clothes or <clears throat> be very comfortable about it um, and really, really do this. But the, I ran into hurdles all, all the time because a few months I would say, yes, I'm definitely going to do this, move forward. And then all of a sudden I would get so scared, so scared about it, about it. And then of transitioning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's, I think that's part of the process. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah. And that, that would happen for a few weeks and then, uh, and then I would go after those few weeks were over and like, yes, I'm going to do this again. And then it would go back and forth for a while. But now, now I'm at a stage where I am absolutely so sure about this. And this is just who I am, and I'm going to move forward, but I have to wait till I get back to Minnesota because it's very hard to find support here in Arizona. And um, and I don't think I would have done it anywhere else except for Minnesota because the therapist up there is just – she is just fantastic and been so helpful. And I've heard a lot of good things about the uh, uh, positive movement for trans people in uh, uh, Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, there is a great change, um, and it's it's a very liberal state, but there are some, you know, conservative areas like anywhere else. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Yeah. We're, we're, we are, too, here in California, but we've got our conservative areas. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the nice thing about where I lived in is a town where what I wore, uh, people just didn't didn't care. I mean, they were so accepting. Um, you know, I never ran into troubles, you know, with, you know, people, some people I've heard that, you know, there's hate crimes or there's people that have trouble being in the community that they're living in. Um, the only thing about Minnesota is that it's very hard to get the surgery and the hormones fully paired for. And, um, oh, that's the same pretty much everywhere Yeah, yeah. for full pay. Yeah. They're not yeah, fully covered. Yeah. The copay where, is nice. <laughs> yeah. Where, where I lived in, in New York before I went to Minnesota, they just approved, uh, you know, if you're on Medicaid, uh, it should be a hundred percent covered for surgery. And there's another progressive state, New York. Yeah. yeah. New York, New York is very progressive. Uh, however, where I lived, way up north uh, by the St. Lawrence River. It's very conservative. Um, so I had trouble with, you know, I mean, it's very progressive in the college towns. But Well, out, yeah, out, of course it is. I, the, I think you're going to find that almost anywhere. Yeah, but once you step outside of the towns, it's very, it's just not, it's, it's very difficult. So. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you've talked about moving around New York, Minnesota, Arizona, and uh, I i just want to, without digging too deep into your personal life, <laughs> what, so you came from New York mm-hmm. to Minnesota, and then we, I think you mentioned to be with the sister? Yeah, okay. sis, yeah, my parents and I, we moved out to live near my sister because my parents retired. Uh, oh, okay. So we all wanted to be close to, to her to- and her kids and... 
Yeah. Yeah, bring the family closer together again. That makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Okay, mm-hmm. so that move makes perfect sense. All right. Then we go from uh, Minnesota to Arizona, and you, you hinted briefly, like mm-hmm. in a breath, <laughs> that there was some tension, and I'll use that word, uh, some family tension. Yeah. And so what what was that about? And more importantly, the question I have, see, New York and Minnesota makes sense because they're, they're both in the j- same general area of the country. But Minnesota to Arizona, that's quite a leap. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just, I'm just, just curious. Uh, the attention was about clothing and what I wore. And that, that's why I described earlier uh, about how I was very defiant about what I was wearing. And my family didn't like that very much. So I kind of took that as a rebellion. And I just decided, well, I'm going to move away. You know, because okay. I, I can't deal with what what they're saying to me. You know, I thought I thought acceptance was who you are as a person. And clothes shouldn't matter. Who you are as a person shouldn't matter. You know, things like that. And uh, but I'm realizing that you know, despite differences, I think we can still work out you know things, and and that's why I want to move back and also finish finish my therapy and yeah get back on track with that yeah and i i moved to arizona because it's warm all the time yeah (laughs) and and it's something that i've always wanted to do because i suffer from fibromyalgia oh darling i am sorry i i know a couple other people and uh mm, i wow yeah that's it's it's just that that's there's your icing on the cake yeah, it's hard to deal with the pain. So, but down here in Arizona, I have very little pain. Um, but I'm, you know, I would like to move back up there because I have to think about what's really important. You know, right? Okay, so that's uh, so that's why you're in Arizona. Was there a specific uh, reason besides the heat? Was there schooling? Was there friends? Was there? Because there's a lot of states to go for heat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just because from the little bit that I know of Arizona, and it's not a bad place. I have a couple friends there, and I've driven through, but it is basically a desert, and it, yeah. I I like a little bit of greenery. <laughs> I'm realizing that now. Okay. <laughs> uh, when I came here, I wanted to discover somewhere new. I've never been to Arizona before, and I said, "Well, what the heck? I'm just going to go somewhere new." And um, there are an Arizona one. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm kind of adventurous and spontaneous at times. Okay. Yeah. So, well, how was it getting to Arizona and not knowing anybody and, and getting settled and, and and all that and still uh, uh, working towards being the trans woman that you are? The first week or two, you know, obviously moving is stressful for anyone, but when I got here, things started to settle down and uh, things started to look look you know going up and and then i met some uh friends here well they're not really friends they're people who really you know did no service for me because i ran into them and we started talking we got along but then i got my backs turned so um with some certain personal things i don't really want to get into but so these these people that were friendly ended up not being friends yeah yeah okay Okay. they basically 
I don't I'm like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like drama, and there's a lot of drama in the world. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the couple friends that I was hanging out with, they were drinking and driving all the time and doing drugs, hard drugs. And Well, that's not good. And that's, that's not me. And I said, you know, I don't want to hang out with you if you're going to continue to do this. Well, they said, well, we're going to continue to continue to do what we're going to do, and we don't care. So that was that. And I've had a rough time, but now things are settling down because I don't communicate with them. But Good, good. You cut them off. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. As long as they don't come around again to bother you, who cares? Right. And you said that things are, are uh, looking up towards the uh, – uh, family communication again because you're looking forward to move back to Minnesota. Yeah, and I have sometime like, in the future. We're just not sure. Yeah, it's gonna be. I feel re- kind of refocused again. You know, I feel I, I feel bad about the way I left things there. And again, I think that's just part of human nature. Yeah, and uh, I'm just hoping that things will work out when I get back. And communication is the key. Whatever that communication is, whether it's leaving a note on the table, you know, a handwritten note, leaving a text, leaving, uh, I don't know, uh, the, the magnetic letters on the refrigerator. <laughs> Somehow a form of communication, hieroglyphics, you know, on, this, on the wall. Um, as long as the as communication's there, that keeps the energy moving. The water mm-hmm. flowing. Mm-hmm. So even though if it, it gets bumpy at times, it's still there. And it always offers the opportunity to smooth itself out if, yes. given, if given the chance. Sometimes during my life, I would bail out on the bumpy road, you know. Well, you and well, however many other people out there. <laughs> and so many people do that. Oh, man, it's uh, too hard for me. I'm going to drop out of college. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Welcome to the how many people, you know, I mean, it's, that's, that's just part of life. And the, the thing with, uh, staying on path and going through the hard times is, you know, character building as some people like to say, and it's just life as others like to say. So you gotta, you gotta ride that ride. Yeah. As, as, uh, as it is. And then being transgendered just makes that ride a definite roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, and being being here in Arizona, I I haven't done any progression towards my uh, future in transgender because I'm just I'm in an unfamiliar area and I'm not sure about things here. So. Are there are there any LGBT uh, social areas around town? Not necessarily an LGBT center, you know, or a facility yeah, for it, but there are, are there are there like clubs or bars or an area of town? Yeah, there is some um, gay bars here. There are some gay groups here, but I'm finding that I don't want to hang around, you know, gay men or uh, because I've had such bad experiences with that. Right. Well, you, earlier you mentioned that you've come to realize you're not a gay man. You're a straight woman. Right. <laughs> so and, uh, a straight trans woman. Yeah. No, it makes perfect <laughs> sense. Uh, and you just got to go through that process to get there. I, there's, there's, a, there's a handful of, uh, of uh, women like yourself that I've met 
through the LGBT center here and the, 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 the LGBT community here in San Diego that, uh, are, are, that have s- said the exact same words. I consider myself a straight woman. Mm-hmm. You know, and they just got to go through the process to get there. Yeah, and they, and that, they, they were the same way. They thought they were gay growing up, but they didn't realize till their late teens, early 20s, mid-20s, whatever the story is for them. Uh, I, found, that, I found while being here and elsewhere is that because I haven't transitioned, some people aren't seeing me as a woman. And, you know, because I, that's all I think of myself as this is a woman. But they see me as a man, and they don't understand the. Well, how are you? How are you dressing? How? How? What? What's the style slash length or what have you of your hair? Are you wearing any makeup? Are oh, you wearing any sort of uh, no. falsies or anything like that? Or I mean, how are you presenting? Yeah, that's that's the first question. Yeah, current. Well, currently, no. Okay. But, okay. But when I when I when I have discussed it with people, they say you know. It's because in Minnesota, yes, I was dressing as a woman um, most of the time. I just feel very nervous here, and that's no, why nervous I as far stopped, as safety I for a while. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now that's I, I would be one of the first people to tell you to do the same thing. If you think that you're going to get jumped, attacked, killed, raped, fill in the blank, <laughs> if you present by your preferred gender, then I'll tell you, bite the bullet and don't. Because mm-hmm. having a life versus and transitioning versus not having a life and dying right. is a better option. Yeah. <laughs> you may not like it, but it's a better option. Okay, so so for your own safety, and believe me, I uh, <laughs> the interview with Transpantastic, George and I talk about that safety of mm-hmm. staying as your birth gender. Just as a safety net, because it's safe there. You don't have to take the risks of transition. Yeah, and one thing that I realized up in Minnesota was I could be myself as a woman and felt accepting pretty much anywhere I went. Um, Minneapolis, the town that I lived in, south of Minneapolis, uh, just a normal life just seem people just seem to be understanding and that's part of the reason why i'm going back um that's great that's great so, yeah. So, yeah yeah okay so in moving out because you had a disagreement with the family we'll surmise it there yeah <laughs> choosing arizona because it's warm and it helps the fibromyalgia which is a mm-hmm. plus good plus and i can see the total reason for doing that but you sacrificed the uh, the the freedom of of ease. It's the ease and and uh, I, what's the word comfort of being able to express yourself uh, as you want to in Minnesota mm-hmm. versus mm-hmm. being able to hide yourself for your safety in Arizona. So I can see I can see where your brain has been going through flux in the last. However long a time it's been. Wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So with that said, let's the, the the key now is either find a safer place in Arizona while you wait to get to Minnesota or figure out a way to get to Minnesota faster. So <laughs> let's let's look at those two options. Is getting to Minnesota faster an option? Well, that's why I'm 
working with family to set myself up with okay. housing, with set up with housing, you know, things that they like that, because I'm currently in a pickle <laughs> uh, with the lease that I have here in Arizona. Uh, uh, so, yeah. Okay. Yeah, but All I right. did, so that's I, why. I, All right. I, yeah. You know, my family and I were, are talking i'll find out soon about what the next step is so okay so you are taking the process or the the steps to get the process to minnesota faster awesome okay yeah okay just so maybe it's... faster is a relative term faster yeah. might be still a few months <laughs> right 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 okay and that's what we look forward to yay for Edison. <laughs> well because it sounds like the next step to get you back on happiness track back yeah. on balance track is to get you back to minnesota so yeah, and yeah. and you're working on that. Proud of you, Addison. You're working your checklist. Yes, I'm moving forward with my checklist. Awesome, awesome, <laughs> awesome. Hey, speaking of Minnesota, do you listen to the? Uh, oh gosh, I'm going to butcher this name. The Trans Atheist uh, Podcast by Maddie Love. She does it out of Minnesota. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of it. Oh, check it out. iTunes okay. and Stitcher. Uh, I just discovered it well, about a month and change. Well, probably close to two months ago now. And I'm I'm doing my I'm doing my listening when I can as a as a parent. <laughs> and uh, I've I've been uh, tweeting with her uh, on Twitter. Duh. <laughs> and uh, and she's been listening to this show and she's made some comments. So I guess this is going to be the first informal invite to Maddie to come on the show. Believe it at that. <laughs> But no, listen to her show. It's great. I mean, the first few episodes focus a lot on Minnesota, and she herself has made commentary about it and how she's wanting to expand the show. And I'm only like, I don't know, 10 episodes in. Oh, maybe maybe, maybe 18, somewhere in there. I don't know. And uh, in her process of growing and evolving her show, she's bringing guests on. And so that's where her format is, and that's where her comfort level is. And so I'd love to have her on my show. Love to have, uh, love to go on her show if she'll have me. Uh, yeah, it's it's a fantastic uh, uh, show she puts out. So check it out. That's that's great. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, trans podcasts have to stick together because there's only like a handful of us. Oh really? <laughs> oh yeah. There's myself. There's the. Uh, uh, Minnesota Trans Atheist Podcast is the name of Maddie's show, I believe. And again, I could have butchered it. Uh, then there's Transition Transmission, put out by Amber and uh, Nico, I believe her name is, and her two other friends, Ramona and uh, Oh, uh, I'm gonna put. I can't remember the third person, but there's three of them, three trans women. They get together however often they do, sit, chat, talk about trans news issues, this, that, and the other thing, common interests, and then they put the show out. It's like usually an hour, hour and a half each episode. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's then there's Trans Fantastic, who was just recently a guest on my show. Jess and George, they're awesome. I love them. Have loved their podcast for a long time. They've been doing it for two, three years now. They're in their hundredth or so episode now. And uh, George is a trans man, and Jess is his wife, and it's it's wonderful. Great show. I look forward to. Yeah. Yeah. is just a wonderful wonderful person and i feel honored to have been able to cross paths with her 
and even more honored to have had her on my show. So, Addison, again, thank you so, so very much. And there's the closing music. <laughs> okay. Well, like I said, and of course, it's pretty obvious, next episode's going to be part two of my conversation with Addison. We'll pick up right where we left off. And that'll be that. <laughs> but I'm always looking for suggestions for topics or guests that want to be on the show. Get in touch with me. Changes in Latitudes podcast at blogspot.com has everything you're going to need to get in touch with me. Or just listen through to the end of the show. Or rewind a little bit when I said it at the beginning. <laughs> You'll find out how to get in touch with me. And now, as Jimmy Buffett says, if I couldn't laugh, I just would go insane. If we couldn't laugh, we just would go insane. If we weren't all crazy, we would go insane. Stay crazy, everyone. to Changes in Latitudes, a transgender experience. I'd love to hear from you, so let me know what you think or what you'd like to hear about by emailing me at changesinlatitudespodcast at gmail.com or by leaving a comment on the Facebook page at facebook.com slash changesinlatitudespodcast or at the website changesinlatitudespodcast.blogspot.com don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and please leave us reviews and star ratings. Now, wait for it. Here it comes. Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! Disclaimer time! I am not a doctor nor a lawyer, and I certainly do not pretend to be one. I am a trans woman who began her transition later in life. I am here to discuss my life, so I take no responsibility for your decisions based on my personal thoughts and experiences. If you are thinking about transition or are questioning your gender identity, first, please know that you are not alone in your thoughts and questions. Second, please seek the advice of a qualified gender therapist or at the very least a local support group. If you're having difficulty finding a qualified professional in your area, I suggest reaching out to the closest LGBT center near you. And lastly, please remember, always question the source when researching information on the internet. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permission from the host. Copyright 2015 by me, Sabrina Miller. Thanks for listening. Hey, man. It's time for the outtakes, man. At blogspot.com, we're also over on iTunes. And so there I just plugged like all the freaking podcasts out there. I hope people <laughs> get recognition for this. I hope people listen and go, hey, I'll be on Sabrina's show. Anyway, let me, let me think. Um, here, I'm going to pause and save the file. All right, this is this has been great so far. I'm very happy, very happy. Okay. She is just a wonderful, wonderful piece of of human peace. Pfft.
<laughs> what am I saying? Thank you for listening, and always remember.